a very happy Friday to all of you out there. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. And today is September the 17th, 2021. My name's Frank. His name is Alex. Al, I went on a run this past Sunday. Okay. How far? I ran 12 miles. Mm-hmm. And I got right at the halfway point and I felt a little bit of a pinched nerve right like on my shoulder blade right mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Finished the run and the whole rest of the day into the next day, every time I would move laterally, it felt like I couldn't breathe. Mm. Yesterday, Tom Brady came out and said that he wants to play in the NFL until he's 50 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I can't handle that. Yes. Yeah. Well, his diet is incredibly insane. Have you ever like read into his regimen at all? I just know that it's stringent. He's a fucking robot, bro. I swear yeah. to God. He wakes up at like four or five in the morning every day, drinks a smoothie, works out. Uh, his diet is insane. Like his whole, he has a whole method called the TB12 method. And it, it is, uh, it, it makes sense to me how he's remained so uh, young, I guess, and durable. I, I don't know. Yeah. Does he get hit that much though these days? Like they protect him pretty well. I mean, I guess, but you're still in the NFL. You still got mm-hmm. a bunch of really big grown men aiming at your neck. So. True. Yeah, true. Um, well, how often do you work out, though? Yeah, me. But yeah, because I, that's your back. So how often do you like work your back out and strengthen those core muscles? Oh, uh, I mean, I guess there's something to that. Not not nearly as much as I should. Well. I think I think it had to do with like just compression. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Repeated compression, and then I might have just been holding my back in a little way that was yeah. different. It, it doesn't happen often. Usually after a long run, I'm sore for eight hours. I use my little massage gun, you know. Oh, that thing's amazing, bro. Yeah, I need to get that. And then usually the next day I'm, I'm straight. But this, man, this pinched nerve, dude, it really was like, fuck, I'm 30. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. This hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, I think we just need to all wake up in the morning and think, what would Tom Brady do? And just do yeah. that. If I have kids, I'll put them on that diet from day one, the TV 12 <laughs> diet, and just breed <laughs> Elite athletes have like a five-year-old just throwing sixty-yard bombs. All right, it's like what the fuck? Um, Something to this. Speaking of kids, I, I, there's a there's a question I want to pose to you. Uh, seeing as you're going to be a faja very shortly, Wait, I'm sorry. I ask you this almost weekly. When is your wife due? Exactly three months from today, December the seventeenth. December seventeenth. Nice. Okay. December 17th. I will ask you again, inevitably. I'm sure you will. It's also the day that Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out in like 2000. God help your son. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to pose a question to you. Sure. Will you let your children on social media? You've posed this question to me before on this podcast. Have I? Uh, Well, it was actually during uh, a Sapiens episode. And we've been really good about staying on top of those. Correct. The book's great. Um, I will. Yeah, I, I mean, to a point. Like, I, I don't think, like, a 10, 12-year-old should, like, have a cell phone and be doing all that shit. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel like once they would get to high school age, I mean, even now, it's, like, part of the culture, part of, like, socializing. I feel like if your kid doesn't have a phone, you're, like, robbing them from, like, doing, like, taking the natural progression of, like, learning about the world. Instead mm-hmm. of like my parents, they kind of, at least my mom, like she made me wait till I was 13 to watch PG-13 movies. I didn't get a cell phone until I was like 17. And like yeah. I was in a private school all the way right. up until college. So it's like, to me, the world was very different than what I found it was in college. And like that was like a big shock and it's not like fuck me up, but like it, it was a, it was a big shock. Like I, I didn't realize a lot of things like about gang life and drugs and a whole, a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I do think, I think it's good to like slowly, but surely like as they get older, like kind of become part of that culture instead of like culture shock. And you know, this has been withheld and it's like the idea of no sex for Catholic girls. And then those girls are always the ones that are like the freakiest or go out and like, you know, get pregnant or whatever, because it's like this taboo thing, you know? So I feel like yeah. there are limits. Cause like a lot of that shit's bad. It's bad for the a developing psyche to like, see all these super nice Instagram models and your daughter is, you know, what the fuck? I'm not like that. I, I do see that, that side of it, but I also don't want my kid to be a loser, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough question, especially for, for people like us who've grown up with it. Um, and the reason I pose you the question is because the Wall Street Journal has been doing um, yeoman's work this week in in an in incredible series of investigations uh, into Facebook. They have come out with a new article every single day highlighting uh, problems with Facebook in uh, almost every... Uh, faction that you could imagine. And what's really neat about these investigations is that they come from internal reports. So either they were given to the Wall Street Journal, leaked to the Wall Street Journal, I don't know how they got them, but they've been reporting on Facebook's actual investigation into themselves. Mm. One of the investigations uh, comes to the conclusion that Facebook knew, knows that Instagram is toxic for teen girls. And they publicly downplay the effects of it, right? Um, this is coming from a Facebook internal message board. Um, they calculate that 32% of teen girls that said when they feel bad about their bodies, Instagram made them feel worse. Comparisons on Instagram can change how young women view and describe themselves. Further, um, they, they have numbers here among teens who report suicidal thoughts 13 of british users and six percent of american users trace the desire to kill themselves to instagram one presentation showed and i started thinking about this yesterday and i thought if you're if you're deriving your self-worth or you know how your position in the world based on Instagram and likes and how other people are presenting themselves to the world, um, then naturally that is a, a detriment. I, I think the overarching like theme or, or message that you could draw from these Wall Street Journal investigations is like, duh, obviously, right? Like this is so obvious to us that these things occur, but because we're so entrenched in the social media ourselves that we don't really step back and, and, and take a look at it from a 10,000 foot view. And so I'm thinking if I am a parent and I understand that the effects of social media are like that of a drug, wherein that every time that you log in and you interact with this community and it's, very obviously now you know, documented a, a very toxic place for young teenage girls, then that to me is kind of like a drug because you're conditioning your brain every single day. You're using it every single day. And so I, I, I just started equating it to like drugs where it's like, do I allow my children to use drugs? What do you think? The answer, the answer is no. No. And, and I mean, certainly not as, as they're, children under my purview, right? Like that's not ever going to be an option. Obviously, I, I don't know if I'm in the wrong way or not, or, or, or if there's different thought out there, but, but like, no, right? Like, uh, can, I, can I poke you on that? Can I poke someone there? Uh, well, sh sure. I'm not saying give your kid drugs, but like, so if you go, your whole kid goes through their, their adolescence, goes through high school and like you, you make it like this super bad thing of like, if, as you're quitting social media to drugs, like, mm -hmm. like this is, this is bad. You don't do this. You don't do this. Right. When they, when they get to college or, or they're not under your governorship, like they're going to go to the extreme with it. Like, mm -hmm. like if, if you, when I was in high school, like I, I, my mom like was very, very strict. My dad was not. So like I could do, get away with things at my dad's and my head get away. But like he kind of normalized like drinking to me, like where it wasn't like I was getting fucked up all the time, but like I, learned about drinking how and, and like how to be responsible with it and like sure he would he would show me like the bad things about it just like i think you could do with social media with a young girl like to me to say like there's high suicides because of instagram that sounds like what one a weak mental psyche and two a bad support system at home if that mm. if social media mm. is going to drive you to do those things i think there's other problems there than what you're scrolling and seeing on your phone yes you're seeing these girls that you know, you can't get to, and you can't get to that next level, but like, or, or whatever, but that doesn't mean like you suck and you should have like a support system at home that like lets you know that and reassures you. And if you're feeling shitty can like show you that that's not the real world and that's not how people really are. Like, so I, I do see like how it's poisonous, but I also see, I, I don't think it's like this very taboo thing that shouldn't they, like 
my kid's not getting an Instagram until they're 19. Like that's, that's ridiculous to me. Um, personally, I, I don't mean to talk shit on how you look at it, but to me, that's well, just like, eh. yeah, no. Cause I, I disagree almost a hundred percent with, with that <laughs> second part. It, it, certainly you can't, because it's so widespread and well-known, I mean, it's just like any, like drugs, right? Like you could sit there and be, you know, like this authoritarian figure to your kids and say, you're not going to do these things. Um, but then I think you're being ignorant to just how much control you have over, you know, every, every waking hour of, of your children's life, right? Like you don't have as much control as you think. Absolutely. So then, then the challenge becomes, what do you replace that with? And I, and, and that's where I agree with what you said about, you know, having that, that structure at home, you certainly would have to replace the, the want or, 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 or the ability to, you know, go on to social media with something. And I haven't thought this through how, how you do this mostly because I don't have children, but their self-worth has to come from a place where it's, has nothing to do with how the world around them thinks of them. Right? Absolutely. Yep. And, and to me, it would be like <laughs> what you're saying. It would be like telling your kid, like, Hey, check it out. I'm not going to tell you not to snort this cocaine. Okay. It's right here. But I'm also going to tell you the ails of snorting this cocaine. It's right here. I'm not saying you can't do it. And it's available to you, actually. I'm not even going to say, I'm not even going to lock it up. It's right there. It's, it's available to you. But I'm going to tell you that if you do do it, or if you start feeling these things as you're, you're doing cocaine, then this is why. And, and we, have to, we have to structure you around something different, right? To me, that's kind of how I see it. Because when you're going on social media and you're getting likes and comments. And I mean, we can, we can relate to this directly when we put a video up of this podcast and it gets a lot of engagement or people, you know, God, man, there's no bigger dopamine hit in my life than when somebody messages me or comments to me and says, Hey, I listened to your podcast. I really enjoy what you had to say. Right. It's literally like a giant hit of dopamine. So to me, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Like, I'm not going to say, don't do this. I'm going to make it available to you, but also here's how it's terrible for you. And to me, you're just, in, you're just kind of like calling out the devil as, as you invite him into your home. But then like you don't prepare them for when you can't protect them anymore. And then they get on Instagram all the time. And yeah. that's, that's when they would spiral to me again. It's an impossible question to answer. Yeah. And, and it's an impossible thing to say, um, you know, this is how you do it because n nobody can tell anybody how to raise their children. Well, now a question for you. Why do we keep naming teenage girls? Like we haven't said boys at all during this whole segment. Like what is, yeah, maybe there's I, a bigger problem there that needs to be dived and in, dove into about like, I don't know if it's a mental health in our teenage, you know, female society or something. Of, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But I just noticed as we're talking, I'm like, we haven't, and I'm having a boy. We haven't men mentioned boys, teenage boys, a single time in this. Like, are they unaffected by social media? Well, the report that I'm talking about is, is uh, specifically talking about girls. Yeah. Teenage right, girls right, right, right. And, and, and how, uh, how Instagram and, and Facebook affect them. Um, you know, we can get into uh, any number of, you know, topics that can bring us to the conclusion that it is girls that are affected more greatly than boys on social media, just by the disposition of being a, a girl. I mean, I, I, right. I, I don't know what it's like to be a girl and I don't have little girls on social media. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure, but I would imagine that if it, if it affected boys the same, you know, we would be hearing about it and, 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 and I think that there's something to be said about that because we do hypersexualize girls um, on social media or otherwise. Yeah. And I think it's almost like an unconscious thing to the point where it's like, we don't even recognize how we behave in real life and how the things that, that social media have taught us unconsciously have affected our, our, our day to day. And we just kind of take them as commonplace. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really speak on, on the way it affects men. I can talk about how I view social media and, um, you know, I've always kind of 
kept this distance from it where it's like, this isn't real life. And I've always yeah. understood that this isn't real life. Uh, and I think that has to do a lot with the fact that, you know, we grew up with the phenomenon that is social media. So we understand what it, what social media isn't. We understand what it started as. We watched it change. Um, right. And how it's, how it's morphed into what it is. But if you're somebody who's young and has grown up with us their whole life, then you don't understand anything other than social media. And I, I could imagine that that psyche certainly um, would allow a young, undeveloped mind to think that this is real life and that there is nothing, there is no divide between what you're doing off the internet and what's going on on the internet. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it's a conundrum, article, man. It is. It certainly yeah. is. Um, I don't know that I would want my children on there at all, knowing just how terrible it is. And I don't have a game plan. I don't, I, I, <laughs> I have not thought this through, but, but just knowing how toxic it is, it, yeah. it wouldn't be something that I would ever want to introduce to my children as something that's like, okay, I guess, you know, you could talk about it. You could have discussions about it. You could say, you know, this is why I don't want you to do it. And I understand that I can't control everything that you do. And I understand that you can go behind my back and all this, but, but what See, I'm yeah, telling that's you what you is, set yourself up for though, right there. Yeah. Like, are they going to have a phone? Are you going to let them have a phone? Oh, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't thought, th I haven't thought this through. It's not even on my radar. I know. I know. I'm just saying, just, just crit critiquing what you're saying, I guess, or like spitballing. If they have a phone, in the era of 2030s or whatever it'll be for you, 2020s. Mm -hmm. that, that, I mean, social media is everything. Like, I think what you set up there then is like the opportunity for them to be dishonest and, and not truthful with you because they're going to yeah. they're gonna want to fit in with their friends. So at that right. point, you set up a whole nother dynamic where like, sure, you, you th in your head at least, you're like protecting them from all this other stuff. But then at the same time, like they're teaching themselves how to lie and be deceitful to like navigate you. Instead yeah. of like learning from you on how to navigate it. Yeah, I, I see that hundred percent, man. And, and that's, you know, that's not lost on me at all. So it, it's a, it's a terribly tricky thing. Yeah. It's fucked up that they know it's bad though. And they're like exploiting that. That's insane. Uh, yeah. So Mark Zuckerberg was testifying to Congress and he says that this is a quote from him. The research that we've seen is that so using social apps to connect with other people can have positive mental health benefits. Said this to Congress <laughs> in March of this year. Maybe it could. I'm sure that the possibility is out there, but obviously what we're seeing is that that is not the case. Um, and we can, you know, it's not a secret just how petty and catty people are on the internet by virtue of being on the internet. You, you can be a big talker and you could say a lot of things um, on the internet and you might have the illusion that your words don't mean anything. And I think that that is one of the phenomenons that social media um, that we've seen through social media is that when you put words out there, you don't take into account just how effective those words are because you think that you're just one drop of water in a giant ocean. Yeah. And that is true, but that drop, those words that you put out there will be seen by somebody, by at least somebody, and they will have effects that are unconscious and according to this report, incredibly conscious in the minds of uh, you know, vulnerable and malleable young girls. Um, so anyway, uh, I, I thought it was interesting. I think we'll talk more about this reporting on Facebook because it goes, it literally goes through every facet of it. Uh, there's an article that talks about how there's preferential treatment for Facebook's most high profile users. It uses a, a, an example of Neymar, the, the soccer player, Mm -hmm. posting a nude photo of his girlfriend um, after they had broke up in a revenge porn style post with absolutely zero repercussions. Um, it talks about how the Mexican, some Mexican cartels use Facebook to put hits out on people. Facebook knows about it and they don't do anything about it. There's this Instagram um, article here. Uh, and I think one of them also was how Facebook tries to make themselves a happier place. And when they did that, it just completely backfired and became like a much more 
cynical and toxic place. So anyways, we'll talk more about this, but I thought this was the most interesting one. Yeah. The scary thing too, is when they, they start to get political too, like, like banning Trump, Nicki Minaj got banned this right. week for putting oh, up God. COVID misinformation. It's like, God bless. You can't ask questions now without even, like, if, if you stray at all from, from the moral social path of whatever the fuck they're trying to do, it's, it's, you know, insane. And, wasn't that the whole reason that we enjoyed the internet and social media as a whole right. so that somebody like Nicki Minaj can go out there and talk about her cousin's friend's testicle? <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm right. saying? All right. And we could have the conversation of how crazy and wacky that is, but who the fuck are we to say that that's, that's misinformation? Right. Get out of here, man. She, she was out for blood. I don't know if you flipped through her Twitter page, but uh, she was out for it, man. She wanted the smoke from every single body. She didn't care who it was. Yeah. She was calling everybody out because everybody was mis- misrepresenting her words. And she was like, dude, no, absolutely not. Like, you didn't, you read one tweet. You read less than 240 characters of what I had to say. Mm-hmm. And now you're making it front page news. No, 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 no. And she wasn't standing for it. And she got fucking, she got banned. Unreal, man. Now Twitter is like, we didn't ban her. We didn't ban her. It's like, oh, okay. 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 Um, (laughs) Anyway, we'll move off this topic because we could be here all day. Uh, And I want to pivot to uh, USA Gymnastics. Um, While we were recording our latest episode this past Wednesday, um, Simone Biles, Michaela Maroney, Maggie Nichols, and Allie Raisman testified to Congress um, about the FBI failures in the investigation of former national team doctor Larry Nasser. And if you're unfamiliar with this story, um, Larry Nasser was a doctor for Michigan State and also the U.S. Women's National Gymnastics Team. And the USA gymnastics, the organization, found out about allegations of sexual abuse from Larry Nasser at the very latest in 2015. May or may not have heard of anything before then, but officially we know that they heard about these allegations in 2015. Um, they waited for some reason, five weeks to report these allegations to the FBI and the FBI didn't launch a formal investigation for nine months after being notified. This guy is still working. (laughs) He's still working. USA Gymnastics knew about it. The FBI knew that the USA Gymnastics knew about it. This guy continued to work until he got, um, he got charged in 2017. Let me make sure I'm not misrepresenting that. I believe it was 2017. Um, and he got convicted. There was a settlement payout of about $500 million. Um, and USA Gymnastics had to file for bankruptcy because of all the lawsuits, obviously. So these four uh, women, these four incredibly brave human beings, to be honest with you, had to go to Congress and slap the FBI's hands and basically say, you know, in so many words, shame on you. Not only did you know about these allegations, not only did you sit on them for nine months, but you allowed this man to continue to work to abuse whoever whoever he was able to abuse while he was still in that position. And because of your mishandlings of this, there now needs to be a congressional hearing about the way that you mishandled our allegations. We feel like you didn't take us seriously at all. And we feel now that we have the responsibility to come out here and relive this fucking nightmare that we had to go through so that this doesn't happen again. And also, there's no guarantee that this is not going to happen again because we have no control of the FBI. So basically, we're out here on a, on a futile mission, but one that we have to go on because if we didn't, we wouldn't be able to live with ourselves because we're decent human beings. Also, we're uh, victims and survivors of abuse. And this just whole thing is just ugh, makes yeah. my fucking skin crawl. Um, and it gets deeper, Frank. Go, go I don't ahead, remember. Honestly, I don't remember hearing this in the news, but uh, er, earlier this year in February, former U.S. Olympic gymnastics coach John Geddert was charged with 24 counts of human trafficking. 
Mm. There's 24 different charges, and he killed himself a day later. So what the hell is going on with U.S. gymnastics, man? Like, what what kind of operation are they running over there, bro? Yeah. Are these girls all getting assaulted and trafficked? Like, what the fuck, man? You know, it, it's it's interesting. I think that when you when you get to something like so US, USA gymnastics from a from the 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 point of view of, of purely athletics, right, are dominant when it comes to yeah. uh, worlds, when it comes to the Olympics and, and anything in between, right? We are at the top always. It just becomes like anything else where the the ends justify the means, right? If you are running this organization, if you're a coach, if you're any person with any sort of authority, what is important is the organization, right? And and and, and you could relate this to pretty much anything else, right? Like in, in this context, the state is the organization, is USA Gymnastics. Your job is to protect that because what is bigger than the girls in the minds of this organization obviously is the 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 continuous the continuation of excellence in USA gymnastics and so people like Larry Nasser understand this full well yeah and they take advantage of that because they understand that their role in the greater US gym, gymnastics sphere is bigger than one person's allegations. It's bigger than two person's allegations. It's bigger than all these girls' allegations until it's not, right? So I, I think what happens is that it, it just be, it takes on a life of its own and these things are allowed to fall through the cracks. And that's a very important point. They are allowed because they knew about this and it was allowed. You got to imagine, and I don't know this for a fact, but if I'm putting on my opinion hat here, those five weeks between when those allegations were brought to light to USA Gymnastics and when they reported them to the FBI, you have to imagine that there was conversations about what is this going to do to the organization? Is there a way that we can, you know, go around this? Is there a way that we can not bring this to the forefront? Because I think they understood that if they did, um, there's going to be things that they don't have control over, things that they don't know. And when it all comes to light, USA Gymnastics is going to be doomed. And they were. And yeah. they should be. Oh, yeah. Um, so I just think it's just absolutely disgusting that these girls had to go and testify to Congress on the, on the absolute terrible uh, performance by the FBI and the fact that their allegations were not taken seriously and they did not feel like they were heard um, and again, I, I think it just goes to prove that, that this organization, um, believed that it was bigger than any one person and, uh, yeah, fuck them, fuck them all. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, I thought it was worth touching on. Good on the women though. That's very brave of them to stand up against these people. Not even like people, like organizations, the FBI, like the all of the U.S. gymnastics who you still represent and, and, you know, train every day for. So right. it's, it's, that's, that's brave, man. And how could you not see this as a woman, as a little girl, um, and think, well, who the fuck has my back? <laughs> if, right, if right. the top gymnast in the world can come and oppose allegations to somebody and it takes almost a year for any investigation to occur, uh, what hope is there for me? Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I, 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 I wouldn't have any other thought if I was in that position as well in any, in any, you know, situation. And, and the other thought that I had when I was reading the story was where is the next Larry Nasser? Because you know, he's out there right now abusing women. Yeah, that's true. And where's it going to come out? Mm -hmm. And how long is it going to take for that guy to get caught? And how many times is it going to get thrown under the rug? It blows my mind. This stuff still happens, man. In like this me too era, man, like, I, like this shit should not happen anyway, but like how fucking dumb are you when like, you know, like women have a voice now and they're going to come forward and, and speak out and defend themselves and not let these, these monsters do this anymore. Like how, are, why, how, and why are people still doing this? Yeah. Like I, 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 this guy had abuses that date back many, 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 many years. So, yeah, right. um, th this is a, you know, this has been going on for, 
I, I think at least over, over a couple decades, if no, not more, wow. I mean, he's, he's, he's been around for a long time. So, yeah. um, but I mean, in, in any situation where you can manipulate those that are vulnerable in any situation, a power um, position. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you know, I, I think that it can and obviously will occur. Um, right. So who knows, man? Maybe we will learn our lesson. Uh, history tells me that there is another Larry Nasser out there, uh, and we'll hear about him soon enough. And we'll see if we take appropriate action in appropriate time. Uh, I think that's the bare minimum. Yes. So, switching gears, um, there's a story out. Very interesting story um, from the United States military, and. Our top U.S. general, Mark Milley. Um, a milley, a milley, a milley, a milley. He's known as uh, like the woke general because he's like super, you know, woke. Talks about, uh, you know, we got to destroy uh, white supremacy in the military and, you know, just all kinds of just of the wokest stuff, right? Which fine, whatever. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with somebody thinking that, but I don't know that that has any place in the military. I think the military needs to be needs to be its own thing, and we should be, uh, you know, worried about how well we can defend our adversaries and not how woke our our military. Anyway, it has nothing to do with the story. But um, if you're interested, look that up. Mark Milley uh, took. Dominion over the national security of the United States uh, during the months uh, prior to the inauguration and after the election when Trump was out there spouting that he had won and uh, becoming far more unhinged than uh, his, his previous selves. And he took it upon himself to reach out to his counterpart in China and say that the U.S. wouldn't strike an attack uh, if Trump were to call for an attack that America would not do so. Um, and him and Nancy Pelosi even had a discussion about taking control over uh, the nuclear codes uh, as as Trump was trying to grasp onto his uh, uh, last hope of power. Uh, and I can understand why you would be okay with something like this happening. However, in the military in which the president is the commander in chief, there is a pecking order and that pecking order is there for a reason to go behind the president's back for any reason means that you can go behind the back of the president for any reason. Just because it's Trump, I don't think that this is a justifiable action. And I don't think it's a bridge too far to say that this might border on like a treasonous act in that you're going behind the back of your commander in chief to reach out to an adversary, right? And say, hey, we're cool. Now, this general, Mark Milley, is defending himself, saying, I am well within my rights. Um, he's scheduled to speak to Congress, I think, next week about this. So we'll know a little bit more about it next week. Um, but he's defending it, saying he was in his rights and that it was authorized by the office of the um, Secretary of Defense. And I don't know, man. I don't know. To me, it just it just like reeks of like this Trump derangement syndrome that you've heard about. Now, this guy obviously is way closer to the policies and and actions of the president, so he would know a little bit better than than you or I sitting on our on our chairs right now opining about it. But just as a unbiased observer, I don't know, man. This just is just does not pass the smell test for me at all. So to me, I could see why a call like this would be made after the Capitol riots. Like, 
because like he at that point Trump was not acting very presidential and you got to assure like our allies around the world especially like when our commander in chief is very vocal about how much he hates them like his entire presidency mm-hmm. um I, I could see why a call like that would be made when they're like hey like the world perception is that like we're we have like a militia of people trying to overthrow our government to stop the now president elect from you know, getting certified. So I could see why a call like that might be made. The call that's six days or four days before the election is fishy, man. And and a yeah. lot of people have said that China interfered with this election, just like people have said Russia interfered with the, the one previous. Getting Calling people days before an election's even take, taken place is very, very fishy to me. I, I don't like that at all. That That's much more egregious to me than, than the second one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like treason to me. Yeah, you know, and it, it, for sure, the 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 call place on October thirtieth, days before the election. Um, I don't know that there's any justification for that. Um, and this guy, Mark Milley, is not an elected official, right? Um, so for him taking this into his own hands because he thinks that it's something that he has or had to do, um, that puts way more fear into my heart than almost anything that Trump has done. But is he like number two, like commander-in-chief than Mark Milley? I don't I don't know. Honestly, like the pecking order, that I, I'm not sure. I just know he's our top U.S. general. Gotcha, okay. Right, so when the president has years, meetings with the, you know, um, uh, I want to say... The Joint Chiefs. I mean, th- this is who he's talking to, right? And another thing, right? So, like, this guy should be, you know, I, if it were me, it's easy for me to say, but if it were me after Afghanistan happens, if I need a scapegoat, yeah, I'm firing this guy. You're a yeah. general, and this is exactly how this goes down. <laughs> Hold on a second. What? And yeah. then he, it comes out that he made these two phone calls. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and everybody, and then and then the the administration comes out and they say we're in full support of Mark Milley. Okay, yeah, fine. Until you're not, until he de- until he decides that what you're doing isn't up to his standards, and he tries to you know do something that he's not authorized to do. I mean, he's saying he's authorized to do it, and I guess he asked permission from the the office of Secretary of Defense. But to me, that's irrelevant. The the only thing I could see though that would like maybe justify both of these calls is what if Trump said like I'm not taking calls from China at all, like I'm not, I'm not communicating with them in any fashion right now, okay. and we have their top general calling us like trying to, I mean, act like any kind of political ally in any sense. I, I'm just like spitballing here. I'm kind of trying to play devil's advocate. Like if our president, if our commander in chief was not trying to communicate with the number two or three biggest world power militarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that would be the time when, like, the vice president or, you know, if this was like a political issue, but in this case, it's a military issue, which is why if Mark Milley is number two, I could see that call not being so egregious, I guess, if Trump was like, fuck China, I'm not talking to them, which I could definitely see him saying, you know? Yeah, I mean, it gets it gets fishy because every administration is different. So it's, you know, this guy's going to have a relationship with the Biden administration that's completely different than the relationship he's going to have with the Trump administration mm, and vice right. versa. So I don't know if it's something that you could even go after him for. Maybe he was within his rights. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it, it just, to me... You can make the case either way. I think it lacks courage. I think it lacks uh, respect for uh, the institution, for the office of presidency, to go behind the commander in chief's back to do this. Um, and Definitely. it lacks a humility in thinking that you know best or that you know better. And you might, but that isn't the point. The point is that you're not the president. And you're making these decisions on your own decree and i don't know man every and everything i know about this guy previous and now it's like ah, well I, I wouldn't trust him i wouldn't trust him at all I, yeah you know it, i mean the whole military is based around rank so it's like if you can't ex- if exactly you can't follow right. chain of command that's that is scary i see what you mean that is exactly right so um we'll know on the 28th uh a little bit more and he's even said that he's willing to go into full detail uh in front of congress so 
We'll see about that one. Uh, I got one more story for you, and this story comes out of Del Rio, Texas. Um, There is an international bridge in Del Rio, Texas, and under that international bridge are 8,000 immigrants waiting to surrender themselves to United States Border Patrol. Um, The... (laughs) The FAA has issued a no-fly uh, like restriction over this area so that drones are not allowed to go and take pictures, but there have been pictures coming out of there. And it looks like a music festival, just a sea of people that are located in this uh, piece of land under a bridge. Um, the numbers were like 4,000 and then in one day they doubled to like eight over 8,000. Um, a large majority of these immigrants are Haitians. Um, Mm. and outside of this just being a humanitarian crisis, right? There's so many things wrong with this one. We don't know anything about these people Two, If we're still in the pandemic that we claim to have and we're, mandating that all U.S. citizens um, that work in a business that are that has under 100 employees or anybody who works in healthcare, or if you're in California, you're a, a, if you want to go to a bar, you need to show proof of vaccination. Yet we have 8,000 of these immigrants right at our border. And just last week, the uh, press secretary, Jen Psaki, of the Biden administration was asked uh, about the hypocrisy of American citizens needing to be vaccinated and under a lot of circumstances and the fact that immigrants coming into the United States or crossing our borders need to show no proof of vaccination or not required to be vaccinated. When she was asked about that, that juxtaposition, she just said, yes, you're correct and moved on. That was it. That's all she said about it. I saw that. So they acknowledged that that is what's going on and it's ridiculous but yet here we are. And where's the outrage? I, I, I told you I wanted to, to record today that there was a lot of stories that I wanted to, to cover, this being one of them. And you didn't know about this. And, I'm, and this isn't your yeah. fault, man. No, like, right. This isn't, you, you know, this should be a giant story because of the, of the ramifications of, of what it has, even at the most basic fundamental level of it being a giant humanitarian crisis. Yeah, right. I'm, and right now, I just, just to double check that to make sure I'm not tripping, I'm looking at Apple News and I am scrolling all the way down and there is no mention of this story anywhere. Thousands of Haitians at our border trying to get in. You don't think that'd be, you don't think that'd be story that you'd want to cover? Right. Uh, I had to, I had to go to uh, uh, Fox News to find this. No, yeah, right, right. And I, had to I mean, go to Fox and, News to find it, to find any sort of comprehensive reporting on it. Oh, I found it. It's at the bottom, but I found there it. There you go. Nice. <laughs> From Reuters. Nice. <laughs> Um, that's crazy. And if, if Trump was in, in office, it'd be like, Trump oh is mismanaging God, the immigrant crisis. Da, 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 da. Yeah. There's a great, um, <laughs> there's a, there's a great thread on Twitter right now. I'll have to find it. Um, but it, it talks about this very same bridge. Uh, and when there were like a thousand, uh, immigrants trying to get through dur- during one point of the, of the Trump administration. And it's every single talking head that you can imagine getting, getting their, their, two cents in about how it's just this terrible humanitarian crisis and how can we let this happen and this administration doesn't care about immigrants or people of color this that and the other all the things that you would expect them to say and fucking crickets right now and i'm not like that hypocrisy definitely makes me upset but it it's not surprising and not unexpected either the problem that i have with it is that these are these are things that we should care about regardless of administration and these are serious serious issues that if we are gonna really say that we're about uh the rights of everybody uh we should probably take into consideration the fact that there are eight thousand people at our border right now trying to get in and what the fuck are we going to do about it this should be something that we have to answer to this isn't nothing imagine being in this border town of texas i don't want eight I don't want thousands of unknown Haitians in, in my town, not because I hate Haitians, but because I don't like, that's not what I signed up for. And I should live in a country where my citizenship is valued enough to where 
the folks trying to get in are doing so through a manner that is uh, trackable and responsible. To me, if I don't know what the plan is here. I have no idea. Because if these folks just surrender to Border Patrol, what they're going to do is they're going to give them a date that they need to go to court and they're just going to let them loose into the United States. And that is the compassion, right? That everybody talks about. We have the compassion. This is a country of immigrants. It says, bring me your huddled masses on the Statue of Liberty. Fuck you. That's not what we're going on right now. And, and this is incredibly frustrating. And the only thing, the only takeaway that I can, that I can bring from these stories, because this is not just one isolated incident, is that we do not value our citizenship as Americans. And that we have taken for granted what it means to be an American citizen. And you devalue that every single time this thing happens. And then you just allow folks to come in without any due process. And a a counterpoint to those people that reference like Statue of Liberty and all that shit. Like literally (laughs) a couple hundred yards from the Statue of Liberty is a place called Ellis Island, which is where all of those immigrants went through, were tracked, you know, went through a full legal process to become citizens. Maybe it was easier back then when, when we didn't, we don't have. It was actually, it was actually quite a bit harder back then not to cut you off, but yeah, you should read about the boatloads of people that were turned away after week, a week's long excursion from, from Europe on a boat in unsanitary yeah. conditions and absolutely no money. Yeah, man, hmm. it was not that easy. You couldn't come still, if you were like, sick. For, for like someone coming from Mexico, like it's really hard to become a U.S. citizen these days, like from any international country. It's hard to become a citizen. Like the process they have to go through. I, I know people that have lived here for six or seven years, basically just on a recurring work visa because they still can't become citizens. So like it's not. Right. It's hard to become a citizen. It's yeah. incredibly easy to become an undocumented immigrant in the United for States. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Sure. For sure. But just when people say that about like we're a country of immigrants, that's for sure. But like a lot of those people came here like legally and there was a process and like it wasn't just like open borders fucking come on in like that that argument never holds up to me no man and, and it's like and and, and w- what's used as as like an attack against us is like oh well you're not compassionate you don't care about immigrants you're racist because they're you know it's like no, listen dude, i don't give a fuck my my grandparents immigrated to the united states and the only reason i'm here is because they immigrated to the united states and they became U.S. citizens. I understand that it's an incredibly difficult process, but that is where our energy should be focused because it's not a controversial thing to say that you want these people into the United States and you want them to do so in a, in a legal and controlled manner. If, if these guys had COVID, if any one of them had COVID, would you want them in the United States? I mean, ser- like seriously, like, like you don't want to send your kid to school without a mask on. Right. These people can come through. If they have COVID, can, can they come through? What if they have any other disease? Yeah. You know? It's All like, right. yeah, I understand that their, their situation is so dire that they're willing to come and camp underneath a bridge in Mexico trying to get into the United States. That is not a situation that any one person should be in, and I am sympathetic to that. However... This isn't like this isn't like a free for all. This isn't like a just a, a quick grab. You can't just come in and have us not know who you are and open our borders to just anybody for any reason. Like that's not okay. And it's just it's it's frustrating to me that I have to go to Fox News and read this stupid tagline at the bottom Biden's border crisis. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where people have to go to find this. Right. Right. There's a lot of people who won't click on this because it's on Fox News Channel for the for the exact reason that I'm reading Biden's border crisis. Well, I guess who gives a fuck whose border crisis? Is? It's a border crisis. We should all be talking about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fed up with the hypocrisy, man. It's uh, gone. It's it's just I don't know. We could yell at the rooftops about uh, for as long as we want. I don't know that it's going to do a look of good, but it is uh, certainly a very frustrating thing. Got to get rid of parties, man. I've been saying it for a long time now. Parties are fucking us. This is true. It's just this or this that. Is it's true. black or white. And mm-hmm. you you ignore the bullshit if it's, you know, if it's bad against your side and, and you point out the bullshit if it's bad for their side. And it's it's not going to stop anytime soon while we have a this or that kind of system. It, it, I don't see how a democracy, our democracy, our country is going to survive if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican and... And that's that, exactly right. That's that. And it and it takes uh, it takes personal responsibility to to become a higher IQ voter, because there's a lot of low IQ voters out there, and you can raise that voting IQ 
Uh, and you can do so in a substantial way by listening to the Friendship News Hour. Absolutely. Um, my, my dad made a funny comment yesterday when we were talking about Newsom, and he goes, I don't know how that many stupid people can live in one state. I can't believe it. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I don't know if they're stupid voters, but like, there's just a lot of people that feel the same way that live there. And it's yeah. just, it's just is what it is, I guess. Stupid might be a harsh word. Low IQ might even be harsh, but it's, it's certainly true. Yeah. It's certainly true. It's just a lot of people who love the smell of their own farts, man. That's all it is. <laughs> And I'm not I'm like I, I know that's a funny statement, but I'm not even joking. Yeah, right. people well, in California fucking love to smell themselves. Everyone and loves their own brand. It's, it's hard to have people disassociate themselves with that. It's hard to be humble when all you know is me, 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 me. Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, man. It, it's going to take a, a massive effort from individuals in order for there to be. Uh, a break from, you know, uh, 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 what am I, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, the norm, what, what has become the norm? Binary, a binary choice. Uh, it is not black or white. It is not yes or no. It's far deeper than that. It is up to you to find out what that is. That's true. And we're here to help you along the way. We are. Uh, and we're also here to let you know that drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when you can go and help American heroes like veterans and first responders, taste that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country. From their medium blend, the Moab, their double dark, the battleship roast, their CBD infused blend, the Medic, all of their coffees are smooth without that acid or bitterness you find in so many brews. Uh, and now they even have their own hot sauce called the Big Guns. It is delicioso. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That is promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Frank, can you let the people know where to go so they can give us dopamine hits? Oh, you betcha. Uh, you can provide us these hits at Twitter, on Twitter, uh, at FriendshipNH. Um, we're not very active on Twitter, and that's probably because it's just a big, giant cesspool of shit. Um, we do post all of our sources there, though. So, like, if you want to see some of the articles we're drawing our stuff from, it's pretty much all CNN If you at this point, if you haven't guessed. But you can see the articles there, at least. Um we are um, a bit more active on Instagram and TikTok, and you can find us at Friendship News Hour. Same handle for both Instagram and TikTok at Friendship News Hour. And you can send us an email if you are so inclined to bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week.